0: Morning. So today I feel at home. So I feel like I I can speak in tone and nobody notice. <laughs> I'm Methodist, so I have this opportunity to do that here. So that's awesome. Um, I am from Cuba and I was born in 1974, May 25. So that was the day I was born in the natural. And then in 2001, August 4th. I was born in the Spirit. And I believe with all my heart that it's very important to have those dates uh, very clear in your mind and in your heart because this passage is all about that. What happens? What is the difference between being born the natural and being born in the Spirit? So for me, as a practitioner, and I come to you today, I come to you as a practitioner. I see myself as a bridge between the academia in the field and when i come to seminary i come to learn everything i can to then translate it to the field because that's what i see myself that's my passion making disciples and making disciples will unite all of us in one common mission which is making disciples and i have news for you there is no plan b it's only plan A, making disciples, making disciples, making disciples. So if we are not about that, I don't know what we're doing. So in 2003, I had a car accident, and my wife, my first wife, passed away in that car accident. And I was planting churches when I was doing that. So people coming to Christ, people on fire, people being baptized. And, and I said to myself, what is this? How in the world can I experience this, why my wife is gone. I'm doing the right thing for the first time in my life. Um, But listen very clear and hear me well. God's purpose is not for you to be happy or for me to be happy. It's for us to become disciples. It's for us to be like Jesus. It's for us to learn to serve him in suffering and also in happiness. In this cookie cream gospel that we have in America where everything is awesome. <laughs> you see the movies, everything is awesome. <laughs> everything is awesome, <laughs> where I'm part of a They are lying to you. <laughs> <laughs> you have to serve Christ and make a decision to serve him no matter what. And we are in this season for 21st century America where the whole globe is right here. So I don't need to go to India anymore to preach to the Indians. I don't need to go to Cuba or Mexico to preach to the Hispanics. I don't need to go to Uganda or uh, uh, to preach to the African. Everybody's here. This is awesome. It's a wonderful opportunity. But at the same time, we need to stop hovering around America and start seeing the globe as it is. And God is requesting and God is praying also. Jesus is interceding for us that we can see things as they are. And when you read this passage, for me, this is very important when it says that we are new creation. That we don't know people in the flesh anymore. So look at your neighbor and say, I don't know who you are. Because if you think that you know your neighbor based on what he looks like, you are wrong. And what the Bible says is that we have this precious, precious treasure in yards. So this is a yard. And also in the 21st century America, that is we're worshiping the body. And we have shifted the opportunity and the focus from the spirit and even the mind now to the body and everything is my body, you have to have six-packs. And, uh, <laughs> and I have to be skinny. And then, if I'm a woman, I need silicones, and I'm Miss Silicon, <laughs> <there are laughs> Miss Silicon 2019. We are investing and investing and investing in our bodies instead of investing in the spirit and investing in our minds. And that's, that's, for me, the, the biggest giant of the 21st century is not even money anymore. It's the human will. And we are just worshiping our will. Everything is self-directed, self-motivation, self-this, self-that, self-this, self-that, self-theology, fashion theology. You cannot be a disciple if you are, everything is about self, self-this, self self that yes. Discipleship is about Self-denial. And this is why it's so hard to make disciples in America. Because everything is about you and about me. And I can post in Facebook. Come, die to yourself. Nobody will like that. (laughs) It is not an attractive message. Come just to die to yourself. No, I mean, everything is about you, my, my house. When I came to the United States, I came seeking the American dream. I, I want to have a big house, two kids, one dog. <laughs> a new car, and go going to church on Sundays. That was my plan. Well, they lie about that too. <laughs> it's an American nightmare. You come here and work, work, work. You don't see your family. You have a dog because you are incapable to relate with human people. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I mean, I'm I'm a veterinarian doctor, I can say that, (laughs) okay? You, you can talk to most people. people, people like animals because animals will love you no matter what. So you don't have to change. That's why we love animals. Because you can be mean and he's still <laughs> do, that, do that to other people and you see what happens. This is why when we see new creation, it's it's this, this capacity to love, but also the free will, the capacity to decide who to love. And for me, that's the biggest gift that God gave us, the capacity to love people as they are, and respect people, respect what they think, respect what they feel, give them the freedom to think, give them the freedom to feel. Because if I have to feel what you feel and I have to think what you think for you to love me, Guess what? That's not love. And that's why we like, even, even sometimes um, um, when you have children, you want them to stay little. Why? Because they have no will. If you want to take them home, you take them home. If you want them to eat? They eat. <laughs> but the moment they start growing and say, no, I don't like that. No, I don't think that. Say, I don't like you anymore. Another, I, I need another kid, honey. I need another kid, I need another children, I need another child because this one is not loving me anymore. (laughs) And this is why people are having children and more children and more children and more children. And they are 50 and they're having children because they have a hole. they they, they want people to, to do what they want to do. And then they quit and they find a dog. If, you, if we're going to love people, if we're going to exercise this ministry called the Ministry of Reconciliation, which is our assignment, we need to respect cultures. We need to respect people. God is not in the business of changing cultures. He's in the business of sanctifying. Culture. And when we embrace cultures as they are, because God created us equal, then we are actually, actually exercising our most precious gift, which is love. And this passage is a very powerful passage also because you can see two identities that we usually forget in the church. One is, yes, when you receive Christ as Lord and Savior, you are a new creation. And that means everything is new Your your thoughts should be new, your words should be new, your feelings should be new. Jesus is Lord now, not only your Savior, but also your Lord and his Lord over your life. In every area of your life, you submit to Jesus. Your spiritual, prayer, fasting, reading your Bible. Why? Because we need transformation. Transformation only comes from inside and only comes from relationships. And God wants to know you, but he also wants you to know him. This is very important to understand that covenant, this covenant in Jesus is so powerful. And we don't don't live in covenant enough. We don't even understand covenant the way it is. Because covenant is just getting to know, being known. And the benefits of the covenant is shalom, it's powerful. it's harmony, it's peace, it's, I mean, it's, it's, you, you have victory over your enemies, victory over your, your own personal battles. You have, you have health. I'm telling you, if I, if I post in Facebook, if you want harmony, health, prosperity, and victory over your enemies, please call 859-333. 0997, and I'm going to tell you how. It will be viral, because that's what people are looking for. And then I will say to them, well, you know what you're looking for? Covenant. Because all those provisions are in Christ. But we want to do things by ourselves. Go separate way, do whatever we want, and have the commitment to die to yourself, die to myself, to embrace Christ and what he does. So receiving Christ is the first step. That's part of my identity. I am in Christ, I'm a new creation. I receive Christ a Lord and Savior and you can receive Christ in a church, in the altar. But the second side, the second aspect of this passage, you cannot do it inside of the church. Because then it says in verse 20, you are an ambassador. He not only made you, made us new creations, but we are also ambassadors. Do you know what ambassador is? A person says that represents the country that sent him or her, and you don't speak on your behalf. You speak on behalf of the country and the king or the president who sent you. That's why Jesus used to say, I don't speak on my behalf. And I'm going to send the spirit who doesn't speak on his behalf. But suddenly, now in the 21st century, my opinion. This is what I think, and this is what I believe, and this and that, and this and that. And we have a party of what I think, what I believe. Well, we should not be speaking on our behalf if we are citizens of the kingdom, if we embrace this identity of being ambassadors. And an ambassador is a person who goes to the other country and represents the country and the culture of the country who sent them. And the beautiful thing is that if you become an ambassador today in the natural, you don't have to pay for your bills. <laughs> the country who sends you pays for your bills, your education, your health, and everything else. This is why Jesus used to say, don't worry. You're my ambassador. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to provide for you. But are you willing to be also an ambassador in change? That's what Paul says, I am an ambassador in shame. When an ambassador is in shame? Well, when when he says the message that his country wants him or her to say, and it's cultural. People don't appreciate it, don't don't like it. Are you willing to be also an ambassador in shame? Are you willing to pay a price for what you believe? Are you willing to lose? And I pray that God train you on losing. Because if, you, if we are trained on losing, then we will gain everything. That what happened to me in 2003. I have my box full of stuff. The dream, the money, the titles, the, the, the success. Actually, I came to the United States to be a veterinarian doctor, and I was tricked into being a pastor. Do You know that God has that sense of humor. He, he expects for you, I mean, he, he waits for you to make all your plans. And when you finish, say, ha ha. <laughs> you just gave me material for me to chop everything up. And I think that America is a, it's the greatest hook that God has created. You come here thinking that you come from education, you call for this, you come from that. No, you come here to be sent, to be transformed to experience things that you never experienced before. And then when you realize that the only thing in your box is Jesus and nothing else, the only thing that you need to keep doing is make sure that nothing else is in the box. And when Jesus is, in the, is the only thing in the box, then you're not afraid to speak and to say what you have to say according to God's word it's not an old book, it's not a historical book. I don't care what your Old Testament Professor Bill Arnold says. The Bible is an, it's a book that is alive, and that's the that way I read it. I don't read it as a historical book. It's a book for today. Do you believe that? And when we read the Bible, and when we study the Bible, make sure that you do it to pass your exams, and, And get good grades. That's good. But that's not the ultimate purpose. The ultimate purpose of reading the Bible is to be transformed. That's why we pray. That's why we fast. And some sometimes in the church, people ask me, Pastor, how long do I need to pray? Until you change, my friend. (laughs) What are you praying for? I'm praying for my anger. Are you still getting angry all the time? Yes, well, keep praying. How long as you fast? Same thing, until you are transformed. But there is no three day fasting, seven day fasting, Daniel fasting, no, 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 you fast until you are changed. And You keep reading the Bible until you are changed. And when you finish with your own area, move to the next, because Jesus is Lord over every, every single area. Your spiritual area, practice your spiritual disciplines, your emotional area, your emotions need to be submitted as well. It's very dangerous. And, and this is coming from Hispanic, who am all emotions. <laughs> <laughs> it's dangerous just to leave it, your emotions run like rivers. No, 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 no. You have to organize, submit your emotions to Christ. Because it's dangerous. When your emotions are submitted to Christ, you make better decisions. Especially getting married. (laughs) If you get married based on emotions only, that's a recipe for divorce. Why? Because Jesus is not Lord. You need to pray, you need to make sure that that's the right person. Not only for, for hormones, but also for ministry. Because you want a person at your side who can take this they, people that who can take the heat, it's, it's a whole If you're in seminary, I hope that you want to be sent back to the mission field, or being a teacher, or being a pastor, or being a church planter, or being, then you need a person who can take this. Not only that it's beautiful, which is, of course is important, but also a person who can walk with you and make sure that your spouse is that person that's so, submitting your whole marriage your social life, your finances. Your finances. People don't want to talk about that. Yes, your finances too. You need to tithe, you need to give. And don't tell me that you don't have anything. Yes, you have. Because if God is your God, he provides. So wherever I go, you can be from Cuba, Hispanic church, American church, African church, whatever it is, I challenge people to give because poverty is a mindset. It's a mentality, and those who are in covenant with Christ we give from a platform of abundance, trusting that God will continue giving. In fact, I have two masters, two doctors, never pay for them. How'd that happen? (laughs) to give you have to give you have to give and I understand the gospel of prosperity and all of that that's that excuse for not to give because people abuse the Bible and you're still reading your Bible they abuse money they abuse worship they abuse the gift of the Spirit and, and, and now I'm going to say well I don't want the gift of the Spirit because they are abusing it no you need, to, you, need to, you need to find the Holy Spirit and you need to pursue the Holy Spirit. And this identity of Jesus is Lord is so powerful. Because through discipleship, through discipleship requires submissions in three areas. That for me, discipleship, for me this is global discipleship. You can be American or Asian or Hispanic. This applies to you. Number one, we have to submit to the authority of the teacher, the authority of the master, the authority of the Lord. Submit to Jesus, his Lord, his Lord, over your life, your finances, your emotions, your intellect, everything, you submit to that. Number two, you have, we have to submit to his teachings. That's why we need the Bible. You cannot say oh lord jesus you are lord and and you don't read the bible you don't spend time you don't submit you don't you don't spend time reading the scriptures impossible you have to submit to the teachings and that's why you're in seminary but number three you have also and and this is the for me the biggest failure is in this one jesus is lord jesus the authority anybody understand that he's lord oh yes, yes Jesus teaching, oh let's read the Bible. Let's read Hebrew, Greek, no Bible, Bible study, Bible study A, Bible study B, Bible study A, Bible study B. The last one. You have to submit to Jesus' lifestyle. And until we do that one, discipleship is not complete. So what what is the meaning of walking like Jesus today? regardless the culture. What is the meaning? What does that mean? Being like Jesus, walk like Jesus, speak like Jesus, love like Jesus, submitting to Jesus' lifestyle. This is why I said that the first part of being a new creation, you can do that in church. You cannot be an ambassador in church. You cannot speak to to your own country. You need to go out. And you cannot submit to Jesus' lifestyle in church. You have to go out. Jesus was always on the streets. And for me, it's amazing how holy we became. We take this issue of sanctification very seriously to the point that none of our friends None of our friends, all of them, all of them are Christians. What is wrong with that? You only feel comfortable around Christian people who are like you. You cannot be an ambassador. You cannot submit to Jesus' lifestyle and keep your circle only with Christians. You don't go to a party. You don't go to anywhere. You don't just no. i too holy for that. You don't, you don't, I mean, people, people, people are going crazy these days. Can you count at least five friends who are not Christians? And when was when the last time you spent time with them? Changing the subject for once, and speaking other things, not only Bible. And that's what happens also in the church. This is why I'm, I'm a church planter. Because you cannot be a chef planter inside of the church. You have to go out. Do you know where my office is? Starbucks. (laughs) That's my office. You will never see my office. If you go to my office in the church, forget it. You will never find me. Because we need to expose ourselves and be out. Because discipleship is a journey. You need to go out, you need to walk. You need to meet other travelers, regardless of what culture they are coming from. And once you find them, tell them the good news. Don't keep it for yourself. Don't be selfish. This idea of Ephesians 4, 11, apostles, prophets, evangelists, and teachers, all all of that is is not only for the church, it's it's also in the world, and you will see it. Because God is moving everywhere. When we are in the kingdom of God, this idea of sacred and secular is gone because everything is repurposed in God as new creation. When you find the true purpose of things, the secular is gone. How can we go out? How can we serve the Lord? How can we understand that discipleship is a journey? It's not a destination. Discipleship is something you become. It's not something you get. This is why when people say, discipleship 101, what is that? One or two, and you go, one, one paper, another paper, another paper, another paper, and you have a big head, no heart. Yeah. Why? Because discipleship is something you become. It's not something you get. It's not, it's not a trophy. And we, we need to make sure, even in the church, that your discipleship is measured outside of the walls. So just go out, and let's focus on obedience, not in results. God is not, God is the one in the business of results, not us. Do you believe that? So for me, hold you accountable to produce five disciples, ten disciples, that's unfair. Because if you read your Bible, that's what it says, the Holy Spirit and the Father brings the souls to Jesus. Your name is not in there. (laughs) Okay? Okay? So it's very unfair that I request or demand or ask you to bring 10 souls, five souls, and grow the church 50 more souls and stuff like that. Why? Because we are not not in control of the results. We are in control of what? Obedience. So I want to know if you went out, and I want to know if after all those classes that you got, if you open your mouth, because at some point, you have to close the book and open your mouth. At some point, you have to do that. Or you, will never, or you will never make a disciple. So I can hold you accountable for obedience. And that happened when I was planting churches, and I was planting churches, and I start pushing for results, for results, and I start seeing the competition among the disciples. I have five, I have 10, I have 15, and I have this, and I have that. And others who also went out Nobody said anything. So they start feeling like second-class citizens, like oh, I'm, I'm, oh, something is wrong with me, until the Holy Spirit really shifted my mind and said, listen, we need to reward obedience. Let's focus on obedience, not on results. Do we have a system to make disciples? Do you have a system to make leaders in your church? Are you going out? Are you meeting people? Are you creating spaces? That's what hospitality is creating a space. When, it's, when, when, you are, when you are a good host, you create a space when there is no space. Because if my friend from Africa says, "Yosmar, I'm going to Lexington, I have to create a space in my house and remove stuff and go to Walmart and kill you. And Sulam, my daughter, you go and you're going to sleep with us for the next week. Let's create a space for my friend who comes. That's hospitality, creating a space. So discipleship can only happen when we create a space. So let me close with a prayer. And I pray that the Ministry of Reconciliation that God assigned to us as new creation and also as ambassadors will never be stopped that we go out and love people, bring people together, listen, love, and give people the freedom to be who they are and not trying to shame them. Let the Holy Spirit to do that and sanctify all of us. Let's pray together. Holy Father, We declare this morning that you are our God. Thank you for the beautiful gift that is Jesus for us. And we declare Jesus as our Lord and Savior. We receive the challenge to be ambassadors to the world, that we are sent to reconcile the whole world with you. And we are here to love, And we are here to serve you. I cover my brothers and sisters with the blood of Jesus. And I declare that nothing will separate them from you. Whatever I said that is not from you, let let it be forgotten. And whatever came from you, any word that really touched anyone's heart, let it continue building up so we are more hungry and thirsty for you. Bless my brothers and sisters from every nation. We declare that you are our God and that our mission is to make disciples. And And in that, we become one. In the name of Jesus, we pray.